Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. This Thanksgiving week where we are celebrating here in America, Denise and I thought we would dedicate this hour to a discussion on the importance of gratitude and random acts of kindness. I was recently reading an article, Denise, where a group of scientists did a study and they had people who had gone through some significant negative experiences. They were trying to determine you know, all of the gratitude stuff, we've heard about it from the days of Simple Abundance and Oprah to today, all of the studies and the research shows that practicing gratitude helps you to feel happier and healthier. But this group of scientists wanted to see, well, what about people who are depressed or sad or going through significant challenges in their life? Can gratitude help them as well? And so they had the participants, they put them into two groups. One group uh, simply wrote about their negative experiences in a journal and received traditional counseling. The other group, they had write gratitude letters. So they simply had them pick people that they were grateful for in their lives and write letters to them. And the study showed they checked in on them four weeks later and 12 weeks later. And each time, one month after the exercise and three months after the writing exercise ended, the group that wrote gratitude letters were reporting significantly better mental health than the group who simply wrote about the negative experiences and received traditional counseling. Wow. And, and that's, it's a huge, huge metaphysical principle, I think, gratitude is. It's why my business name is The Grateful Messenger, is because I'm a messenger and I'm so grateful to be able to do that. But it also, when you come from a place of gratitude, whether it's with doing a spiritually based business or in your everyday life, it allows you to step back and be really present and to be magnified those positive moments and, and kind of it for me personally, it helps me shut off any competition or comparison with what someone else might have or things that aren't present in my life right now. It, when I'm, when I can reverse myself into a place of gratitude, it doesn't matter anymore because it's my, it empowers my life for what it is and my presence here rather than comparing it to someone else's. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, that really does. That really does. And I think what's so cool is we all know that if we're more grateful, we're going to feel better about our lives. We all know that. But it's nice that science is really starting to back it up. I mean, in that example, that experiment I was just sharing, they did, they used an fMRI scanner on the two different groups. And they found that the people who wrote the gratitude letters, they showed greater neural sensitivity in the medial prefrontal cortex. And that's the area of our brain that is associated with learning and decision memory. So they became more attentive to their daily lives. So just expressing gratitude, science has shown, has a lasting effect on the brain. And it's so easy to implement. And what flashed in my mind as you were saying that is the age-old practice of saying grace before you eat. And it can be religious, it can be spiritual, it can just be something that was done in your family of origin or not. But it's an easy, easy thing to implement. And it, again, personal experience, it can make food and nourishment, a more mindful experience. And to, to be grateful for this, you know, this healthy, nutritious food that feeds my body, my mind, my spirit, it brings it all into perspective. And I think for me personally, and for other folks that I've talked to, 
that's a huge, huge uh, caveat that comes with being in a place of gratitude. I agree. Dean Radin, in his book, Real Magic, did a really significant study on that. And they showed that food that had been prayed over tended to taste better and left the people who were eating it feeling better. So I think saying grace before a meal it is a great sense. idea. It does make sense. And I think it's also a good idea to practice gratitude before you go to bed at night. Have you read Wayne Dyer's discussion on the subconscious mind before you fall asleep? He has this really great uh, meditation. He talks about the five minutes before you go to sleep, where he says that whatever you're thinking about right before you fall asleep is what your subconscious marinates in for eight hours while you're sleeping. And most of us, when we're laying in bed at night, what do we think about? All the stuff we forgot to do that day, all the stuff we have to do tomorrow. We think about how tired we are. We think about all of our worries. They come popping into our head one by one by one. But Wayne Dyer was saying, if you can take just those five minutes before you fall asleep to simply say, I am grateful that, I am grateful for, I am grateful because, and just focus on what you're grateful for, your subconscious will marinate in that energy of gratitude. And then when you wake up, you're going to feel so much better and more positive, which is going to have a chain reaction throughout your whole day. I do that. Do you do that? I do. I used yeah. to do the gratitude journal where you write down three things you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. I did that for about a year. And there were some days where I would write, I'm grateful there's only 32 more days that I have to do this gratitude journal. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful that I'm finally back in my bed and can sleep. And so I found that it was, it's much, much better if instead of, I'm such a little inner rebel, like I'm, I'm definitely a rebel without a cause. And if I make myself do something, it kind of takes the joy out of it. But if I just lay in bed at night and I just say to myself, okay, Samantha, just slow down and let's just focus on some good things that you're happy about for today. And if I just do it in a more casual, not rigid way, it tends to flow much more easily for me. That's a huge, huge part of gratitude is shifting your focus. Because it, and it's funny because this morning I got up, one of the dogs had been sick in the night and you know, you, you wake up, you get up, oh, it's going to be a good day. And then you get, oh my goodness. And so I cleaned everything up. I took the, did everything you need to do. And then I, I thought, you know what? I need to shift this blank around. You can put the word in the blank there. And I went and got, I love writing with fine point RSVP pens. That's my, my one anal thing. I, I write with those pens every morning. And I went and got one out of the package and I said, today is a new nib day. And I just shifted it that quick. And I was so grateful that I had a pen to be able to use a new nib because there's, if, if you're, if you like to write longhand and you have a certain pen you like, there's nothing like a new nib. It just, that's an, so again, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It can be something small, but it, it's about shifting that focus from negativity to something more positive. I am almost embarrassed to admit how much it helped to have that new nib. So <laughs> I think but it's that's the small things that matter. <laughs> right. And right. that help us maintain that attitude of gratitude, as they say. And as silly as it sounds, the more you do it, the more you want to do it. 
I mean, I wake up, thank you for this day. And at the end of the day, I end my day with, you know, thank you for getting me back and forth safely. All those things that are just part of our days. But I agree with Wayne Dyer on this. It relaxes you. It, it lets you let it go for the day so you can start new the next day as well. But little, little things can be, you know, I got a good parking space. It didn't rain until I got home. Uh, my kids made the bus on time. I mean, it doesn't, just the more and more you practice making that, part of your everyday vocabulary and intention, it, it snowballs. It truly, truly does. Yes. And I will just put in my two cents. I think this has to be a personal exercise. I have found that sometimes I have a tendency to share my opinions with people. And I don't think that's the way to do it with gratitude. For example, I am now in a carpool with school pickup stuff. And every time I pick up all the kids, none of them have ever gotten in my car and said, Miss Faye, it was such a great day today. (laughs) (laughs) I always come in the car complaining. Mrs. So-and-so gave us too much homework. We got our recess cut short because of a fire drill. They're always complaining. And I always try to be the cheerleader. Well, at least you won't have homework Thursday night or... Well, maybe that teacher's having a bad day. That does not help. I think sometimes you just need to do your own thing and not project it on people. Have you ever called someone and all you wanted to do was complain? And then that person told you all the things you should be grateful for? And then you felt kind of shamed or humbled or guilty for complaining? There's a time and a place. Yeah, there's a time and a place. So I just wanted to say that. I, I don't want Denise and I to come off as be grateful for everything. Because you're going to complain, you're going to have bad days, and I think those feelings need to be felt as well. What we're saying is just try to reframe it at the end of your day or the beginning of your day by focusing on any element from that time period, those last 18 hours, that you can be grateful for and start to notice the shifts that occur in your life. Right. Because that's the bottom line what this is really about is to feel happier, to feel more connected with the quality of your own life, to uh, reduce that, that heaviness or any fears you might have. That's, that's the point of doing this. It's not all rainbows and lemon drops in life, and we both know that. We all know that. But if there's anything that we can do that can lift that up a little bit, especially if you're in the middle of something that's pretty heavy and dense. Well, you know, I get a lot of emails from people where they'll say to me, how can I raise my frequency vibration? How can I awaken my intuition? How can I strengthen my energetic vibration? And I'm sure they want me to reply with step one, repeat this mantra, step two. But really what I normally respond with is practice daily gratitude. That is the quickest way to increase your frequency vibration and start to truly awaken to your spiritual path. And since I've become, this is just part of my, everyday life all day now. And I, and I don't mean that in a, hey, look at me way. I mean it more after many years of struggle in many aspects of my life when I did shift it to being in a place of gratitude as much as possible. It's made life a lot easier to navigate. And it gives you a peace of mind, but you just made a really important point. It's also solidified my connection with spirit, with my guides, with those in spirit in a way that I never had before, because I feel like it's a tandem effort. I know that when I'm saying thank you for the day, I'm, I'm thanking all that is or, and those that helped me, 
for it to be a good day. It's not just my, my parade here. Yes. Yes, that is so true. Now, because all of us listening to this show are empaths, I wanted to include a reminder that I think is really important. Include yourself in your gratitude list. Yes. I think so often people who are empaths tend to focus on everybody else and helping everybody else. But I think it's really important to include three things every day that you're grateful for about you. I'm grateful that I handled that awkward phone call so well. I'm grateful that I held my tongue when I could have said such and such. I'm grateful that I didn't lose my temper when X, Y, and Z happened. But don't you think including yourself in your gratitude list is important? Yes. And for many, many of us, we're all a work in progress with putting ourselves on the list for that. And I think that's a very important part of this. It's also a great way to help you reach your goals instead of beating yourself up for, oh, I should have had this done by now, or why haven't I written the book, or why haven't I finished my Etsy store stuff, or it doesn't matter what your goal is that when you keep looking at that end result. But truly, it helps to be grateful for, wow, I ordered the material I need, or I wrote an outline, or I'm you know, just acknowledge and be grateful for those little steps that you're taking in that direction. And that is going to, what is it, uh, be consistent and persistent. It's going to build that, that track of moving forward and helping you reach your goals that you're setting for yourself. Yeah, it will retrain your brain to notice things to be grateful for. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's all about attitude, especially when you're trying to manifest and create positive change in your life. And the best way to start doing that is by practicing gratitude. And it really is about the frame of your mind. Um, I have a quick paragraph story I want to share. This is from Random Acts of Kindness that kind of talks about this, Denise. Okay. It says, there is an older woman in our town who is simply incredible. She has lived a very difficult life full of suffering. Two of her children died, one from a terrible lingering disease and the other in an automobile accident. Her husband had a very bad stroke many years ago and lingered on for 20 years before dying. Yet, she is the most generous and compassionate person I have ever met. One day, I asked her how she could still wake up every day with a smile and a kind word for everyone around her. She looked at me with this really surprised expression on her face and said, Oh, but my life has been full of so many wonderful people. We all have our troubles, but those are only doorways we must walk through. Each of the terrible things that happened to me also brought me some unexpected surprises, moments of connection with others, opportunities to become a better person. I guess I do wish it could have been easier, but really, I feel that my life has been so blessed. I mean, isn't that an example of truly reframing it? Yes. It's such a key in all of this. Again, it goes back to what I said earlier about not comparing or, or... and when I, in, so much of it is attitude. And I think we've all known a lady like that in our lives that we've looked at their lives and said, oh my goodness, how can she keep going? Or how can she handle this? Or they've had so much loss or grief or turmoil, or you may be that person that's in the middle of that. But when you are able to shift your perspective, or at least try to shift your perspective on it, it changes the whole game. And I think one of the things I really wanted to focus on for this time together is how to practice gratitude in your daily life. And one of the best ways to do that, I think, is through random acts of kindness. 
Yes. And I think it's important, especially in this holiday season we're entering, to really think about how can I share my gratitude with the world. And it doesn't have to be big, demonstrative ways. It can be really small, simple shifts. And I just wanted to share some stories from my own life, and I'd love to hear some stories from your own life too, Denise. When um, my former husband was a police officer and was shot in the line of duty and was in the hospital, we were basically in that hospital for the whole summer. And a woman I had never met, and still to this day have never met, would mail me a card every week with money in it. And every week she would say, Dear Samantha, I followed the updates in the news. Uh, my husband and I are still praying for you. Here's $25. Please don't forget to take care of yourself this week. Every week she would send me something here and something there with a kind uplifting note. And it was so instrumental and helpful in me remembering that the caregiver has to take care of herself as well. Right. I had so many wonderful experiences with random acts of kindness. The manager, for example, at our local Lancome counter in the mall, she sent me this giant box filled with all different types of makeup samples. I got Chanel mascara and Lancome foundation and Estee Lauder blush. It was so fun. And I have to tell you, if I read a news article about a police officer in the hospital and the wife by his side, I don't know at that time that I would have done anything other than pray for them. Right. But that experience really taught me that those little things, I mean, I'm sure I, I wrote to all of these people and thanked them. And they all wrote me back and said, oh, it was nothing. And to them, it might have been nothing. You know, putting some makeup samples in the box and driving it to the post office and mailing it to me, that was a lot more than nothing. But maybe to her, it was, oh, that was nothing. But to me, it was, it was what got me through that day. It was a connection so with community. Exactly. And I don't think we can underestimate what a simple card, a simple showing up to be there for someone, a simple anonymous act of kindness can do. And so after that experience, I started to do this in my own life. And so when I would read about someone going through something, I would mail them a little something and I would, you know, do it anonymously or just sign my first name. Um, sometimes what I like to do is I'll just get $5 bills from the bank and I'll, I get these little angel cards and I just write a little note saying, just a, re a reminder from your guardian angel dear that I am always here. And I include little $5 in an angel coin and I, I just mail it anonymously to anybody. I have a lot of different directories, like from my church or from some local groups I'm involved in. And I'll just open up one of those randomly, pick out a name and just mail it to them. That's fair. I, I don't know. I don't know if they need the $5. I don't know if it freaks them out, you know, but, but I know that I love doing it and I love to think about maybe that picked up somebody who needed it. So what I started to do when I was teaching at the community college, I would assign this as an extra credit assignment uh, around the holidays. And I would just say, hey, if your grade isn't up to par or you just want extra credit as, you know, a, a safety measure. Um, do one anonymous random act of kindness, write me an essay on it, and it will count as a hundred as a test grade. So that's a pretty good incentive, right? Yes. So I would usually have students who would do that, and I loved getting those essays and reading them 
the one that stands out the most in my mind was this man who was in my class. He was probably 25, 26, 27, and he worked full-time as a tree cutter. He cut down trees and, and ground up stumps, and he never spoke in my class, ever, not once, but he did his work, and he he did his work well, and I just didn't know anything about him. He always kind of looked at me like he was kind of like a like a cool kid, and I, I always felt like he looked at me like, God, I can't believe I have to sit in this English class. He, he never looked like he was enjoying it at all. So he turned in his essay, and he said, I have a friend who just got out of drug rehab, and he has no money, no job, no prospects, and had to move back in with his mom, who he doesn't get along with. And he said, so I helped him get a job at my tree cutting business where I work, but he thanked me for it, but said, I don't have the money for the tools that are needed. You needed special shoes and a special belt. And I think together they were like $150. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of money. And so this 25, 26-year-old kid in my class, he said to his friend, that's okay, buddy. Don't worry about it. I'll keep looking. If I hear anything else, I'll let you know, and left it at that. Two days later, at midnight, he drove to his friend's house and dropped off the tools needed. And the friend called him the next day and said, I don't know who did, did you do this? And his friend was like, no. And he said, I don't know, I guess an angel did it. And he started working there. And he, that student said, I've never done anything like this in my life before, but I've never felt so good before in my life. Right. And that's a, that's a huge part of it. It goes right into, we've, we've talked about this before, and I've been having this conversation with a lot of people lately. We need to somehow shift things to being kind, to being kind to each other, to being kind at a local level. So all of the things that you've described were very local. They were centralized. They weren't, and I, and I am not in any way dissuading someone from, if you feel drawn to uh, contribute to a major organization or something overseas. That's not what I'm saying. But when you can do something at a grassroots level that improves the quality of someone's life, I, in my soul, believe that causes a ripple that will help raise the vibration, but also help the healing that we all need right now as a, as a community, as a collective, as human beings on the planet. And I think being grateful for that. And I, say this every day and I am at a place in my life where I'm able to to do things similar to the the five dollars in the envelope and every time I do it I say in my mind I am so grateful to have this abundance in my life and be able to share because yeah. I know that there have been times when I couldn't and if some if I had opened an envelope and there had been five dollars I would have cried profusely because it would have meant you know that it would have helped that much so Truly don't underestimate doing something. And I love, I'm a big fan of anonymity with this because I don't, it helps me to not, similar to the work we do, Samantha, is it keeps ego in check. If it's never going to come back to you and nobody knows it's from you, it gives it a different feel than if you're, uh, you know, what I just saw was when they do the, um, the telethons and they'll scroll people's names and how much they donated. If you're not looking to see your name scrolled, you may be doing this for just to be genuinely kind. Right. That, okay. And I think it's an important reminder that this doesn't have to involve money. You know, right. like I had, I was telling my friend, complaining to my friend that I had a really, really busy week. 
and I was talking to her. We went walking on Sunday and I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do it. I'm working every day this week and every night this week. I have like two to four off each day, basically just to pick up my kids from school and get them started on homework. And then I have to go back to work. And Wednesday night, I'm pulling in my driveway at 530. My youngest daughter had tutoring. And the whole drive home, I'm thinking, do I have time to heat up ravioli real quick before I have to get on the phone again with my client? Would that be quicker or should I? I'm going over in my head, like, should I just call Domino's? Like, what do I do? And I pull into the driveway and my friend is sitting there on my front steps with a huge tray of this beautiful meal, hooked, cooked, hot and ready to go. Oh, I know. It was, I was like, you're like a little angel, a vision sitting on my doorstep. timing was so perfect and so we enjoyed the meal but what I enjoyed most was just knowing that in her busy week she took time to think of me and that that meant the world so it doesn't have to take money it's just thought it's a card it's showing up I have another quick paragraph story I want to share from this book random acts of kindness it says several years ago when I was living in Chicago I read in the newspaper about a little boy who had leukemia Every time he was feeling discouraged or particularly sick, a package would arrive for him containing some little toy or book to cheer him up with a note saying the present was from the magic dragon. No one knew who it was. Eventually, the parents thought the magic dragon would finally come forth or reveal him or herself, but that never happened. After hearing that story, I resolved to become a magic dragon whenever I could and have had many occasions to do so. And so that reminds me of some really cool things that have happened with my kids. My middle daughter, Tori, throughout her childhood, about once a year on her birthday, would receive a card and sometimes a gift and sometimes not, but always a card from her fairy godmother. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who sent that. Wow. And she doesn't know who sent that. And I'm not a good liar. Like if, if I ever lie, you will know it. I just am a terrible liar. So she's asked me every which way to Sunday. And thank God I don't know who's sending it because she would have found out by now. And that one person who has sent her those fairy godmother cards has really helped. My my daughter is so rational and pragmatic and she's very much into science and biology and chemistry. And she's always thinking you know, she's always thinking like about Santa and the Easter bunny and the pumpkin elf. She always figured all that stuff out because she's always thinking. But this one person who has sent her these fairy godmother cards has kept the magic in my daughter's rational based mind alive and well. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I don't know if it was a listener or a friend of mine. But I've often told the story on the podcast, Psychic Teachers. I've probably told it on here, too, about my oldest daughter, Olivia, telling me when she was two and a half that her guardian angel was named Odin. Right. Well, a couple of years ago, she got a beautiful red, it's like a red string bracelet with an angel charm on it, mailed to her, and it said, love your guardian angel, Odin. Wow. Yeah. I don't know who sent that. But that's another thing, not only with the anonymity, but just the genuine kindness of it. As a compliment, giving someone a true compliment can be such an act of kindness. Telling someone an overheard compliment, 
someone may be struggling in their work situation and you overhear something that someone said someone and you don't have to out anyone and say oh so and so said this but you can say you know i heard that someone said you were blank or i think anything because you made an incredibly poignant point that it's not about money even though gratitude and abundance that's worth a google because once you shift it from being about finances to abundance and gratitude it changes your whole prosperity but so many things that we can do that aren't about holding the door for someone is kind and we i think we chatted about this before is a lot of the things being you know oh look how nice that is they're just doing the right thing but we're looking at it that it's an amazing perspective to have on life to hold a door or help someone with a crying baby or uh, you know let someone go in front of you in traffic that's just being a nice human exactly exactly that's all that is is being kind and not expecting necessarily the thank you in return you know that doesn't always have to happen in order for your act of kindness to matter Right. And I think that's an important reminder, you know, that we all need. Um, here's a quick story to illustrate that to me. Look how organized I am. <laughs> <laughs> this one says, once when I was 16 and learning to drive, I motioned to a driver to go ahead of me. And he didn't acknowledge what I had done. Self-righteously, I said, well, I'll never do that again. My father asked me to pull over and said, you're not kind to people because they'll thank you. You're kind to people because it's the right thing to do. You're kind to people because it helps the other person and because it helps you. That was 15 years ago, and I've tried to live my life from that perspective ever since. I can still hear my father's gentle voice asking me, your attitude, action, comment. Will it add to the sadness and hurt of the world, or will it add to the love and kindness which might heal us and make us whole? It's your choice. And that is so true. It's my turn to get a little science geeky. They've done physiological tests on during acts of kindness, when people are thinking in a more kindly and compassionate way. And it helps to build your immune system, improve cognitive performance, lowers your heart rate. It shifts your cortisol levels. So there are physical reasons to be in that place as well as it makes you feel better emotionally and it's the right thing to do. Pay it forward. And it reminds us that we're all connected and that when we help one, we help all. Right. Um, here's another quick story that illustrates that. It says, when I was quite small, my immigrant Russian grandmother told me that people in this country give from the wrong place. When you give from here, she said, pointing to her solar plexus, it's like keeping a ledger book. That's not giving, that's trading. I give you three, so you give me three. I sweep the floor, so you carry the bundles. She pushed the wisps of white hair out of her eyes with the backs of her red hands, shaking her head back and forth, tisking her tongue against her teeth. You give your soul away when you give like that. Giving is supposed to be from here, she said, pointing to the center of her chest with a feathery finger. When you give from your heart, it's not so you get anything back. There's no owing or owed. You just give because you want to give. When you give like this, it fills you up. Your heart can never run out. The more you give from there, the fuller you will be. When you give like this, there are no strangers. Isn't that a lovely reminder? Yeah, that's beautiful. We have to remember to receive as well as much as we give. I think empaths have a 
harder time receiving than they do giving. So if someone is offering oh, you a kindness, I think it's important to receive that kindness and don't think about it as owing them a kindness in return. Just, just receive it. Just receive it and, and say thank you. And then, you know, in your own mind, pass it on. Right. Very, very good point. Okay, I'm going to share another story. This one says, I was living in Chicago and going through what was a particularly cold winter, both in temperature and in my personal life. One evening, I was walking home from a bar where I had been drinking alone, feeling sorry for myself, when I saw a homeless man standing over an exhaust grate in front of a department store. He was wearing a filthy sport coat and approaching everyone who passed by for money. I was too immersed in my own troubles to deal with him, so I crossed the street. As I went by, I looked over and saw a businessman walk out of the store and pull a ski parka out of a bag and hand it to the homeless man. For a moment, both the man and I were frozen in time as the businessman turned and walked away. The man looked across the street at me. He shook his head slowly, and I saw that he was crying. It was the last time I have ever been able to disappear into my own sorrow. Oh, I really like that story. It's an incredible story, and it also is the man didn't do that. He did that out of kindness and compassion. There was no one there videoing it. There was no one there. I mean, that man was a silent witness that saw that. And I guess this is more of a personal side. I'm more apt to ask to offer or want to help someone who isn't expecting it. Is that right? Okay. I truly Here's do. a quick little story on the power of forgiveness that, that has really stayed with me. The author writes, I went back to Vietnam last year. I'm not really sure why I went. It just seemed terribly important that I go. When I think about it now, I think I went back to try to find something I had lost there 23 years ago. It was a very strange trip, very disorienting. So much had changed and so much was exactly as it had been. I was there for five days, and most of the time I just wandered around in a fog to places where I had spent time, places where I had fought. On the last day, I was taking a cab to the airport, and the taxi driver started talking to me. He obviously knew I was an American, and he asked me if I had fought in Vietnam. When I said yes, I was almost overcome with grief and shame. As I handed him his money at the airport, he held on to my hand for a moment and said, I was your enemy then but now I am your friend. On the flight back, I felt more alive than I had in years. If that cab driver in Ho Chi Minh City would, could hold my hand as my friend, then maybe I could be my own friend as well. Very much shows how you never know the impact of what you say or do is going to help someone else. We don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, that cab driver didn't know that that man was struggling to love himself, to befriend himself. And that simple phrase, again, didn't cost him money, didn't cost him time. It was just a kindness in the moment changed that man's life. Right. I think, too, random acts of kindness or intentional acts of kindness can truly help you step away from your own stress and worry sometimes. And not in a oh, shit, their life's a hell of a lot worse than mine. No, not that. that's not what I'm saying. It, it helps you take the focus on something that you might be struggling with. You might be thinking that you're alone out on the iceberg or that you don't have support and encouragement. But when you can reach out to someone else and, 
and pay it forward or help them or, or lift, put your hand out to help someone else stand up. It helps everyone. It absolutely helps everyone. And there is physical research. There are, this is a whole wave right now is gratitude and kindness. And I think it's important that as many of us as possible implement these, but also um, help each other out. We really need to help each other out right now. We really do. And the ripple effects are life-changing and we don't know where or if they will end. The ripple effects of one act of kindness. Here's one more story I'll share. Who would ever think that a telephone answering machine could change your life? I had just broken up from a long and very painful relationship and found myself suddenly in a new city without friends, without anything to do or any desire to do anything. I was like a listless blob of extended energy. Every day I would come home from work and just stare at the walls, sometimes crying, but mostly just sitting and wondering if this cloud would ever go away. I bought an answering machine. Why, I don't know, since nobody ever called me. One night I came home and the red light was flashing. I couldn't believe it, a phone call for me. When I played it back, a wonderful male voice started to apologize that he had called the wrong number, and I burst into tears. But then he kept talking. He said, my voice on the message has sounded so sad, and he just wanted to tell me that it was okay to be sad, that being able to feel that sadness was important. His message went on for almost 20 minutes, just talking about how important it was to be able to go through the pain instead of running away from it, and how even though it would probably seem impossible now, things would get better. He never even said his name, but that message was, in a very important way, the beginning of my life. That's, that's incredible. And how many times have you heard or seen someone sad and, and you didn't say anything because you didn't want to intrude or you didn't want to say the wrong thing or you just didn't know? But I hope these little stories are reminders that just a kind word, sometimes even just a kind look, can do so much to warm up somebody's life, not even just their day, you know? I had, uh, you know, what just flashed in my head is a, uh, woman that I know works as a teacher for uh, in the penal system so with incarcerated youths and, and adults and she goes in and teaches um, English and math and you know GED kind of stuff I think it's called high set now and she had one of my former students and he had had a very very difficult life education he'd left school all of these things and she said I was trying to find a positive she had no idea that I had a connection with this kid and she said I was trying to find one positive thing that he had from his educational experience to build on so that I could make it a positive experience for him in in this situation and he said there was one lady that taught me to make these delicious cinnamon rolls. And he said, she always treated me like I was just like everybody else. And he said, I think about that a lot. And I, and I still tear up because I can see this kid's face as I'm saying this. But again, he was just another kid in the class. I had no idea five, 10 years down the road, he'd be incarcerated and that would be a memory for him. So pay it forward and you don't know, but when you're just kind, and he did, he was really underneath it all, an incredibly nice human being. And I think we, we all have, it's seen that spark of divine in someone when no one else may see it. The guy giving the coat to the homeless man that mm -hmm. I love. And that, that man wasn't soliciting. He wasn't asking for that coat, but it's doing something just to do it 
because you would want someone to treat your, you or sometimes I, I used to say this in meetings, teachers can be an interesting lot at times and they would be saying all these negative things about a kid and I would say, you know, he's somebody's baby. He's somebody loves him dearly and we need to see that in him. And I think sometimes when we look at other people as somebody loves them and even if they may not be lovable right now, we need to find a way to try to perpetuate that. I agree. I also think it's important if somebody has impacted your life like that, to let them know, even if it's just a letter. I think that's important as well, so that these good people who are doing kind deeds have that reminder that what they do and say matters. When I was growing up, my mom had this really good friend named Diana Madigan, and she was such a nice lady. I just, she was always happy. She was always kind to me. She was a great big woman, and she had this great big lazy boy chair, and I could always just go and sit on the couch next to her chair and talk to her. And she was always interested in me. And when you're a kid, that's kind of a rare thing to find in an adult. Mm -hmm. And I was a really artsy kid. And I was the only artsy kid in my family. Like nobody really understood why I loved to draw and write and why I always tried to sew. And Mrs. O'Madigan was a big cross stitcher. And I asked her, I said, that's so beautiful. What are you doing? She spent hours one summer teaching me to cross-stitch. And I cross-stitched for years. I was such a weird little person, Denise. I used to go out to these, like, rage parties, and I'd come home and (laughs) (laughs) cross-stitch. I don't think that's weird. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I recently found out on Facebook that she passed away a couple of years ago, and I felt really bad that I never... After we moved away, I never called her or sent a card to tell her what that summer meant to me. It was just her focusing on me and teaching me to cross-stitch and, and just taking that time out. And I really wish I had done that. So just a reminder, if you had anyone who really reached out to you or, or noticed something special in you or did a kindness, I think it'd be a great time. Like why not this holiday season to just send them a card or, or a phone call? And just say, hey, remember when you did such and such? That that really mattered. Thank you. Right. Especially right. to teachers. They often don't hear that. So I'm glad you got a little bit of that feedback. But again, it was that secondhand compliment of, even though I, chances of my crossing paths with that young man are slim to none. It was in another state. It was for the, all these other things. Well, he's in another state now. Yeah. Uh, Just let someone know if you hear something that will help them feel better about something that they may not even know they were doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, you made a really good point earlier of as empaths, we we would be the first ones to say, oh my gosh, isn't isn't that wonderful? But we won't own that for ourselves. Yeah, I think that's really important to pat yourself on the back from time to time. Uh, again, not from an ego point of view, but just from a, you know what, you're trying your best, you're doing your best, we're going to be okay. Right. And to really be grateful for yourself and for what you're trying to do, especially as this year closes out. And I think this has been a really hard year for almost everyone I know. Everyone I've come in contact with is like, whoo, this year. And I think the energy has been pretty tumultuous in general for a lot of people. And so as the year closes out and you reflect on the passing of one more year, instead of thinking about all the weirdnesses or the regrets or the lack, 
just focus on how well you held up this year and how well you got through and spend a moment just being grateful for that in your energy, for that aspect of you and your soul that you kept on keeping on. Right. And if you have time, have, you know, think about something you can do this holiday season that could be a random act of kindness for someone that would be really, really meaningful. You know, when I used to do life coaching, Denise, I would often take uh, four or $5 bills and I'd give them to the client, especially if the client was struggling with gratitude. And I would say, I want you to anonymously give these four or $5 bills away. So you can give one person $20, two people $10, or four people $5. But just your job before you see me next week is to anonymously give this money away. And I had this one client, she was very depressed. And she was, she couldn't see anything in her life to be grateful for. And she came back to me the next week and she handed me the envelope with the money in it. And I said, what's this? And she said, I couldn't think of anyone to give this to. Wow. And it really stuck with me because I thought, gosh, you, you could have left like a $20 tip to a waitress or you could, you know, and so. I just said, I, I challenge you to keep trying. Just I pushed the envelope back and I said, just keep trying. Mm-hmm. You'll, find, you'll find someone who needs this. And so she came back the next week and she said, you know, every day I drive down this one road, there's this really, really old, small, frail woman. And she has to cross that busy road in her walker to get to her mailbox. It's on the other side of the street from her house. Mm-hmm. And she said, so I went to the store and I bought a really nice card and I just wrote in there, I see you, you matter, God loves you. And she put the $20, $5 bills in there and left it in her mailbox. And it just really shifted things for my client. And she started to then see all these places where she could give, where she could help, where she could offer a kind word. And It was such a dramatic moment in the lifting of the depression for her. This was an enormously kind woman. She was generous to a fault with her family. So I'm not saying she wasn't a giver in in general. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes when we're in that dark place, we can't see outside of ourselves. It's really hard. And so forcing yourself to think about and look around at the world at people who might have needs that are greater than yours can be a really good way to lift sadness. I saw it work wonders in her, in her life, and her healing. And I've and seen it work wonders in my own life. Another part, it doesn't have to be towards people. It can be towards animals. Yeah. It can be towards the environment. It can be towards so many, I mean, volunteer at a shelter or pick up trash on your, that on your, it doesn't matter because that's also raising the vibration and being kind to all the whole community, the whole. And I think for a lot of people, especially as empaths, it's easier to go and spend time in the the kitty room at the shelter than to deal with people. But those cats are just as grateful as any people would be or, or go and walk the dogs or help a neighbor that can't get out and isn't, you know, able to, I thought you were going to say that she went and got the lady's mail and brought it across for her or something like that. So those silly little things, but realize that everything is going to make a difference. So mm-hmm. if there aren't any people, point it in a different direction and it'll still have a residual effect. 
And it's, it's so wonderful when you help our four-legged friends. I have a lot of bird feeders in my backyard. And when I lost all my trees in the hurricane, I thought, what happened to those little birds? You know, because I almost felt like they relied on my bird feeders. Because sometimes if I would forget mm-hmm. to fill them, this one cardinal in particular would just sit on this little top of the bird feeder in front of my bay window and just kind of stare at me like, lady, come on. So finally, (laughs) after the hurricane, I put the bird feeders back up and I filled them up and I filled one up just with nuts for for the little squirrels. And my girls and I were sitting in the kitchen and these three chickadees lined up on the little pole thing of the bird feeder and they just sung this song staring into our window. (laughs) My youngest Chloe said, I feel like they're thanking us. And I said, I think they might be. It was really, really cool. So you're right. There's lots of neat little things that you can do. And I think that's the point of all of this is to not only to do it for other people, but to do it for ourselves because we do benefit from this. And it helps us become more grateful. And it's a catalyst so we can be more kind to ourselves. That's right. And it helps wrap the world in an energy of love. And Lord knows we all need that right now. And so Denise and I are wrapping all of you in love. We ask that you continue to pray for the energy of the world and just imagine everybody listening to this surrounded in a blanket of peace and joy and gratitude. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to always show up, do great work, and share your light. We are so grateful for all of you. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.